Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Were you not entertained? That was the question being asked yesterday regarding a certain match known as MLS Cup final it was entertaining it was it was definitely entertaining it was entertaining the way an unsanctioned boxing match between two fat sweaty criminals in the basement of a newark new jersey tavern is entertaining that boxing match that'll always feature a nice nose bite and a a head butt and a knee to the groin a, a couple of knockdowns and people throwing things and a lot of curse words. And fittingly, this soccer match, to carry this analogy a step further, featured a lot of bottles being thrown and birds being flipped on national television. Welcome to World Soccer Talk Radio. My name is Nate Abarea. Get involved in the Twitter sphere at World Soccer Talk and get at me at Nate WST. Thanks for subscribing to us on iTunes. Leave us a review when you get a chance. Tune in, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the American Forces Network, and of course, worldsoccertalk.com. Thanks for listening to us live every day on all of our fantastic Sports Byline radio affiliates. Congratulations to the Portland Timbers. And I think it's very fitting that we have a former Portland Timber, a great friend of the show, uh, who's going to be with us today, Ian Joy. It was a wild day in Columbus yesterday. Timbers 2, Crew 1, and we're going to break a lot of stuff down with Ian. We'll also talk a little Bundesliga with Ian Joy on the other side of our first break, but what a day in Columbus. And I got to go to a man who I'm very fond of, the great Stevie Nickel, who tweeted this out yesterday regarding MLS Cup Final. He said, I am currently employed by ESPN for my opinion on soccer. This game from players and officials is what you see at the park. Now, there were three goals in the opening 20 minutes, two on goalkeeping calamities, and a blown call so bad that I can only compare it to something that I might see in an AYSO match. Now, if this is the diamond, if this is the showcase of Major League Soccer, maybe this match said something about where the league is and where we are as a soccer nation. Or maybe it was just a gritty cup final. Tweet me and let me know, at NateWSC. Ian Joy is with us on the other side of the break. This is World Soccer Talk Radio. Welcome back in to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Abaurea. Tweet me at NateWST and get a hold of all of us at World Soccer Talk. Our guest in this edition of the show, and, and I have to make sure to get this right and not go all autopilot here, it's Ian Joy of Fox Sports talking to us from 
Los Angeles. Ian, you, you've been on the show many times. You've been so generous to us, but I've never addressed you as Ian Joy from Fox Sports talking to us from Los Angeles. That's got a nice ring to it. It sounds very good. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's great to be back on with you. It's lovely to talk to you guys as always. You're still the same guy, right? I'm still the same guy, still doing the same thing, still trying to get better, always trying to improve, always looking to the future and trying to make sure that soccer in this country is growing the right way. And it certainly looks like it's doing so. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about MLS Cup final yesterday. What did you make, Ian, of yesterday's match between Columbus and Portland, a match that was called by some, some people who I respect, some colleagues of mine, it was called theatrical and entertaining. It was also labeled by some other folks who I respect greatly as comparable to a pub league game in the park on a Sunday. What did you make <laughs> of MLS Cup finally? Ian? Well, let me say this first and foremost. I am a former Portland Timbers captain. So for me, regardless of the performance, regardless of how the game went down, I was delighted that the Portland Timbers won a trophy for their incredible supporters. And for me, it was fantastic to watch as a former player of the club. It was, it was just wonderful. And they, they really deserve it after going on a terrific run. As far as the final goes, I would say that the match was certainly entertaining. Like, there's no question that people's eyes were glued to that match. Not necessarily always for the right reasons. I thought the quality of the game was very poor. Passing was poor. A lot of goalkeeping errors. We've seen official errors. The, the ball clearly was over the line for the second goal. I mean, there was a lot of mistakes throughout the course of this match. But nobody can ever question how entertaining that match was. It was absolutely fantastic to watch. But certainly, the quality of football is not what we're used to seeing in the European leagues or even some of the games that we've seen in Major League Soccer this season. It wasn't of the highest standard. But it was a great match. It was a battle and mistakes inevitably won the game for Portland Timbers. And for me, it was terrific to watch, and I'm so happy that Portland Timbers managed to get it done. Well, we'll get back to the, the officiating and, and the goalkeeping and the passing and, and all that stuff here in a few minutes. But let's stay on, on the positive Portland train here and, and expand on your relationship with the Timbers, a team that you captained uh, back in, I, I believe it was 2010. Correct me if I'm wrong on, on the, on yep, the year there, right. Ian. But uh, it oh, actually, actually got something right factually there. There we go. Mark this date down in history, folks. Um, the, the relationship that, that the team has with their alumni, it's, I don't want to say better than every other club, but it's more noticeable to me than, than it is with most other clubs. And I'm not just talking about here in the States, the way they treat anybody who has ever walked through those doors and been supported by those fans. They're a timber for life. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, when you play in front of such a passionate crowd, such an incredibly passionate bunch of supporters who treat you as a family, then it's very difficult to walk away and not feel something for those fans or the club. Now, the fans are the club, in my opinion. They really make Portland Timbers as special as what they are. And they, in my opinion, again, I'll go to say this, that the Portland Timbers won MLS Cup because they have such incredible support. All those home games, all those times when you think you can't push through to win games, when you're down and you're tired, you've got nothing left to give, those fans bring you through. And I felt that as a player. They were incredibly special towards me, and it's a love that will go on forever. 
Um, the club is a little different. It's obviously very well professionally run from the top with Merritt Paulson and Gavin Wilkinson, who have been involved in the club for a very long time. Um, didn't really necessarily enjoy my time under those guys, in particular behind the scenes, but they are good at what they do, and I think nobody can really question what they've done for this club and, and how they've built the club in the way it should be. But the guys who have come through the door over the last 30, 40 years at Portland Timbers are names that just ring off the tongue from supporters inside the stadium who watch the team now. And you just don't see that in Major League Soccer because the other teams in Major League Soccer just don't have a history. So there's not really that connection with the, the former players and the alumni players. So in Portland, it's different. They have a history. They recognize that. They respect that. And they live by it. So every player who's represented Portland Timbers in some way or another has always touched a supporter's heart. Now, Ian, let's let's expand on this because you, you touched on something really interesting there, and, and that is the way that Portland is run as a club and whether it's the history or the true localization of, of everything that is Portland Timbers, how much this team means to Portland, the smaller market that is Portland in the league. When you look at the Columbus crew and, and the history of, of Columbus as this soccer, this bizarre kind of soccer capital in America and the way that Columbus has grown and the way that crew fan base rallied around this team. And you look at the way that these two teams made it all the way to this final and then you look at other teams in Major League Soccer, and I know you know where I'm going with this. You worked with NYCFC extensively this year, and we look at these bigger markets and these big names, and you look at the way that Portland and Columbus got it done this year. What do you think that says about the league and, and how it should be done with these individual clubs? Well, I think you only have to look at the DP status when you look at MLS Cup final. Not many of them saw on that field, right? I mean, look at the money. All the money players who are in Major League Soccer, how many were them playing in the MLS Cup final? You know, none of them. I mean, you've got maybe Liam Ridgewell who's making a million dollars, the rest of the players on the field not making close to that. So it tells me that it's not just about DP players, it's not just about franchise names, it's about creating a team and an environment where your team can go on and be successful. It comes down to your head coach, of course, with Greg Berhalter and Caleb Porter being incredibly successful on the sidelines in such a short space of time. They haven't been coaching long in, in professional sports, and they've done incredibly well to get to the final. So a lot of respect for those guys. But the supporters play a big part of that. Columbus Crew has been around for a long time in Major League Soccer since it began, and that's wonderful to watch them make again another final. And They've got a great team. They play a very exciting attractive attractive football to watch and they just made mistakes on the day that cost them in the final but the fact that they got there for their supporters is great and hopefully next year the stadium will be more full than it was last year or the year before because even games in Columbus you see half full stadiums or three quarter full stadiums just not enough Major League Soccer is growing and one of the reasons it's growing is because of clubs like Portland Timbers Seattle Sounders LA Galaxy New York City FC for example is a great point. They're filling out their stadiums and people want to go to exciting environments and enjoy an entertaining product on the field. It's not necessarily always the entertaining product on the field yet in Major League Soccer but when you look at the final we watched last night, it was an entertaining match and two teams that were built the right way that have gone about their business the correct way with their supporters. They embraced the fans. 
They even had a thousand supporters from Portland out to the game. And it was an incredible atmosphere. So we have to respect what these clubs have done to build Major League Soccer and make it what it is today. And they don't do it with the big franchise names. So uh, even more respect for that. Well, we'll get back to that uh, a little bit later in the show and an interesting debate between the soccer Don Garber himself and uh, ESPN's Casey Keller actually during halftime that involved the importance of the Major League Soccer All-Star game compared to the regular season and even the MLS Cup final. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I want to actually expand now on, on the coaches that you brought up and, and specifically the, the man on the winning side uh, in this one, Caleb Porter. He's, he's a guy who I've had so many just hilarious and, and quality conversations about on this show with, with various guests ranging from folks who really don't like the guy to people who absolutely love the guy. I feel like I developed a love for Caleb Porter out of kind of hating him at the beginning of this year and even before that and saying and, and realizing around late summer and, and then once the Timbers really started getting this crazy momentum going late in the MLS regular season, looking at Caleb Porter going, this guy is good for this league. This guy is good for soccer. He ruffles feathers and his team, his supporters, his players, everyone loves him in Portland. And if he's against you, you hate him. We need guys like this. Now, beyond just that, he's a damn good soccer coach as well. Talk about what Caleb Porter means to Major League Soccer and, and how you view him, Ian. Well, first and foremost, I don't think he cares what any of us think about him. I think he's the type of guy <laughs> that's just doing his business the way he wants to do it. He doesn't care what people say. And clearly on the sidelines, he's a very passionate man. And that club needs a passionate coach on the sidelines who lives and breathes and, and bleeds that green. And I think he does that. He's a typical example of someone who's, who's got an opportunity and grabbed it with both hands and put his name right into the forefront. I mean, his career as a coach has, has gone through the roof. It's been very quick. Started off at the university level, then did not necessarily have much success with the under-23 United States team. And then all of a sudden gets this opportunity with Portland Timbers. Earlier this season, there was even question marks as to whether or not Caleb Porter would stay in Portland because the results were not necessarily looking the way that Merrick Paulson or even the Timbers fans were looking for. But this guy has taken his time and he's done it his own way. He doesn't care about what the influence is around the club, what the influence is from outside the club, what people's opinions are. He's got a style. He's got a, a, a technique of how he wants to coach his players, and he has stuck by it. He's quite firm. I know that from inside the camp. A lot of players do not necessarily love that style, but he is a man who is successful, and it's very difficult to disagree with a style of coach like that. And anyone who's come through the ranks so quickly deserves to have the recognition, especially when he's only in Major League Soccer for two years and he's already won MLS Cup. And it's similar to what we've seen with Jason Christ when he started coaching Real Salt Lake. They played this incredible style of soccer. They were fun to watch. Jason was a great name in the league because he eventually went on two years later to win the MLS Cup. Now, he's won MLS Cup. Where next for Caleb Porter? If this guy's got something about him, he will potentially go on and try to win two or three because he has the quality. He is that good. He can go on 
and make this team a mainstay in Major League Soccer at the top level and try to win two or three titles. Or potentially has his name in the, the national team ranks. I would like to see him stay at Portland. I think his style is suited perfect to them. Clearly, you could see after the celebrations that Merritt Paulson likes him. And he doesn't care, like I mentioned to you. He, he wants to win. And that's what it takes to be a successful player, a successful coach. You have to have that winning instinct or that, that winning mentality that nothing else matters. This guy, I can see, certainly has it. Really, really love what Ian just said there, because the one time that I got to see the Portland Timbers live in the flesh this year, I've talked about this game quite a bit. It was the 5-2 win in L.A., the match where they were down 1-0 in the 65th minute and just went flying and scored five goals in the final 25 minutes, plus stoppage time against L.A. at the StubHub Center. And I remember tweeting this out that day and thinking, oh, maybe it's just because I'm, I'm cynical and having a little laugh here and everything that was going on with Jurgen Klinsmann at that time back in mid to late October. But every time I'd look down and see Caleb Porter on the sideline, I'd go, God, could you imagine him coaching the U.S. men's national team? Not the U23s where he had the trouble. We all remember the 2012 Olympic qualifying disaster and all that. But God, could you imagine someday Caleb Porter managing the U.S. men's national team? We'll go to break with that question thrown to you. Could you imagine Caleb Porter managing the U.S. men's national team? His name is Ian Joy. My name is Nate Abarea. We're back with you after this right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Where are you from, mate? Just around. You Chelsea, aren't you? Welcome back to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Thanks for making this show a part of your daily plans live here on Byline and all of our fantastic terrestrial radio affiliates or in podcast form. Subscribe to us on iTunes and be sure to leave a review when you get a chance. Tune in, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, WorldSoccerTalk.com, and special hello to the men and women overseas listening on the American Forces Network. My name is Nate Abarea, joined by our good friend Ian Joy in this edition of the show. And, and we talked all about Caleb Porter there, and I'm really glad we got to, to give the hat tip to, to Caleb because he has absolutely earned it. And I don't think he really cares if he's earned anybody's respect. As Ian said, he, he respects himself and he's got all the confidence in the world. And who knows where his coaching career could go from here. All right, we have to go back to the cup final yesterday and talk about a couple of the negative aspects. And one that I can't wait to talk to you about here, Ian, is the officiating. And I say that because you are not only a former Timber, you're just a, you're, you're a former professional soccer player. So when you watch as someone who has been between the lines hundreds, thousands of times in professional games and you see it, and I know you were rooting for the Timbers, so maybe this is kind of, a, kind of an odd question to answer here. But if you were able to look at it neutrally, when you see a soccer ball roll damn near a full two yards out of bounds and not get called out of bounds, I mean, in a, in a cup final, what goes through your mind as a former player when you see something like that? You know, it's kind of bizarre. When we were watching it live time, the angle of the cameras didn't necessarily show us anywhere near that the ball went out. It's almost the player's reaction immediately that the ball went out. We, I think it was Alvis Powell who was walking back trying to retrieve it and made that touch to just keep it rolling back inside play. So we just figured that 
the referee was going to blow because of the body language from the players. You thought it was out, but then they played on, they played on, and then you see a goal like that go down. You know, you don't think much about it. You think, okay, so the ball must have been in, and he kept the ball in. So play has to go on, and especially when the referee doesn't blow his whistle. Full credit to the Portland Timbers for making that happen. Um, but what I will say is that Major League Soccer is a lot bigger than what people think. Major League Soccer has done an incredible job of growing the league, of growing the reputation, and selling the TV rights to multiple countries around the world now who watch Major League Soccer. There are fan clubs all over the UK, as you guys already know, who would stay up late to watch this final. There are people in Germany who were contacting me about the game yesterday. So people are watching this around the world. And everybody has the same reaction. How on earth in a final like this, a mistake like that can happen is absolutely beyond me. And full credit to Taylor Twelman who pointed it out to us first and foremost on ESPN. Um, I never realized it until he'd actually mentioned it. And then you got to see the replay and you couldn't believe how far the ball had gone out. Um, and only in respect to the referee, you could say that maybe he just wasn't looking at that time, which would... I would find bizarre. He has to be concentrated 100%, especially in a cup final. So there's no excuses for me. I think that the, the officiating committee in Major League Soccer has certainly got better. I still think there's a long way to go. And mistakes like this prove that there's so much more for them to improve on. They have to get better. You can't see mistakes like that in finals. It can't be a difference maker because that, if that ball was called out, Timbers don't get that second goal, and that's a difference maker in the match completely. Maybe Portland Timbers don't go on to win MLS Cup. So it's very important that the officiating do a good job. They do it professionally, and they don't make many mistakes. It just so happened that this was a very crucial mistake, and it was pointed out throughout the world that this cannot happen again. I mean, it's incredible to me. They have to improve. They have to get better training, and I know they're working incredibly hard. Um, when I first came into the league in 2008, they, um, they were awful. They were so bad. They were so opinionated, so aggressive. They were arrogant. They thought they knew it all. And, of course, when you've played in Europe and you've played around the world, you get to experience different types of quality from referees or officials. And I thought Major League Soccer was one of the worst that I'd ever, ever played with. So they've improved from that. But this game tells you that there's a long way to go. Well, I opened the show up today with with a boxing analogy and and compared this match to a you know an, an unsanctioned boxing match in a in a tavern basement you know with all sorts of chaos going on. It's ugly. It's a fight. Well, I had an interesting boxing analogy here based off of something that you just touched on, and this is something that a lot of people on the Portland side are are throwing out because it's easy for people on the Portland side to throw this out, but it needs to be put out there, and that is. The, the boxing analogy of you protect yourselves at all times, and the soccer equivalent of that would be you play to the whistle. And credit to the Portland Timbers. I mean, take nothing away from them. They didn't choose for it to happen this way. They kept on playing and said, we didn't hear a whistle. So that needs to be known. That needs to be said out there that the Columbus crew players can, can have this gripe and, and have, have this attitude all they want. It's, it's completely entitled, but at the same time, and, and this is something that I know Ian, you'd agree with as a former player, you have to play to the whistle. So definitely something yep. that needs to be thrown out there. His name is Ian Joy. My name is Nate Abarea. We're back with you after this right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. We're going to wrap up this MLS Cup final talk and take a trip to Deutschland and talk about the Bundesliga, a league that Ian Joy knows a fair amount about. We're back, we're back after this right here on Sports Byline. Stay tuned. 
You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. How'd you like to play football against the Germans? Why not? Get Sylvester Stallone in goal, baby, and you will achieve victory. Victoire, victoire. Our show today, World Soccer Talk Radio, brought to you by Audible, and they have got a free book for you. The real challenge with Audible is picking which book. So many good soccer books to choose from out of the 180,000 titles that they've got at Audible. You got the Alex Ferguson book. Excuse me, did I just say Alex Ferguson? I meant Sir Alex Ferguson. My apologies there. The John Motson autobiography, damn fine one for any of you aspiring broadcasters out there. Check out the uh, John Motson autobiography. You got the Bobby Charlton book, the Secret Footballer's Guide to the Galaxy, Secret Footballer Guide to the Modern Game, I should say, not the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. They probably have that too. But the Secret Footballer's Guide to the Modern Game. Let me give you the link for your free audiobook plus the Daily Digest of the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. It's all available to you for free for the first 30 days. You cancel during the first 30 days. You pay absolutely nothing. The book is yours to keep, but I think you will be hooked. Audible is a great way to listen to your favorite authors on your commute or at the gym or wherever you need them. Here's the deal. Get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash worldsoccertalk. First month free. You get one audiobook, yours to keep. Sign up today at audibletrial.com slash worldsoccertalk. One final tip of my cap to Caleb Porter. Timbers Army, Timbers players, everybody on the Portland side, MLS Cup champions. Say what you will about the final, the ugliness, the officiating. Portland, in my opinion, worthy champions. And I know our good friend Ian Joy would second that. Cheers to the Timbers, your 2015 MLS Cup champions. All right, it is now time to take a glorious trip to Germany, Ian Joy, a league that you have been covering extensively since your move to Fox Sports. Talk about the, uh, the, the Fox Bundesliga coverage over uh, the, the last few months and, and how excited you are as we get into the, the winter break period. But with everything going on uh, in the Bundesliga, talk about what this has meant to you and why you feel people should be tuning in to these uh, German broadcasts on Fox. Well, I think first and foremost, getting the opportunity to work closer to the Bundesliga for me was, was a big pull. Um, I always wanted to try and improve and, and get better and continue to learn as, as an on-air talent and try to, to be the best you enjoy that I possibly could be. And I knew that making the move to Fox would give me that opportunity. And especially working close with the Bundesliga, I knew that it would be a league that I'm so incredibly passionate about. Um, obviously, I know a lot about it. Uh, it's a new role for me, obviously, being the host of the show, which is a wonderful opportunity, and it's something that I had the passion for, and it was it was what my future was laying out for me. I knew this was the role that I wanted to do, um, and Fox gave me the, the great opportunity to do that. I couldn't be happier with the move. I'm actually blown away with the product that Fox put in front of me. Um, some of the packages that we do, the people who work behind the scenes, the studio coverage that we've got, um, the producers that we have uh, are just first class, and they take this product incredibly seriously, all the way from the top at Fox Sports, all the way down to me, who's the one that comes on air. It is taken incredibly seriously, and we want to do the best that we possibly can to try and educate the United States viewers yet again about the Bundesliga, because it's been so long to find the quality product that this league, this great league, deserves. Um, the Bundesliga is one of the most entertaining leagues that you'll find in world football. Um, down to the atmosphere, every stadium being packed, 
Um, the supporters obviously get great tickets to go into the games as cheap as five six dollars to get into a match, which is great to see in a top like uh, top league. So people turn up and watch, and it's very difficult to get tickets. And when the stadiums are full, it comes across on your television that the atmosphere is absolutely bouncing. Um, so the league deserves something special, and I think that Fox Sports really took it on board that this was something they wanted to, to really dedicate themselves to improving. They wanted to make sure that the people in the United States who love the Bundesliga already got the product that they deserved. But we also wanted to try and make it quite special. We wanted to try and give an education and we wanted to give an option to people who love watching soccer, entertaining soccer, and give them an option to be able to switch over, watch a quality product, whether it be a pre-game show, whether it be the match itself, or whether it be a post-game show. And I think we've really done that. We've hit it on the head. We're very, very excited with how far we've come so far. And we know it's only going to get better and better. And next year we have eight games that will be on Fox Network, which for us is, is big time. It gives us an opportunity to really get the numbers out there and, and make sure the eyes are watching and really educate people who not necessarily know about the Bundesliga. So it's a wonderful league. It has the highest scoring average per game. The stadiums are packed. And if you want to see entertainment, the Bundesliga is certainly the place to watch it. Well, you just touched on something that, that transitions perfectly into what I wanted to talk about with you next and kind of expanding on, on a few things there. And look, we, you and I have had convers- extensive conversations about the Bundesliga. I love talking German soccer with you. I love talking St. Pauli with you. I love talking Bundesliga. You have such a passion for German soccer. We've talked about how important the German Bundesliga is to soccer in America and, and making sure that everybody knows the history of, of KQED in San Francisco and public broadcasting and Toby Charles and soccer made in Germany and what that did yeah. to bring European soccer to American television. I, I, I love all this stuff. It, it's absolutely fascinating to me. I absolutely love German soccer. Now, for the folks that you touched on there, people who aren't as familiar with the Bundesliga. Talk about in the present moment. Give me some storylines right now for you as a fan of this league, as someone covering this league, storylines right now going on in the Bundesliga that, that should be getting attention, that, that bring that, that good theater that could really garner new fans of German soccer. Well, as we previously talked about Bayern Munich being one of the top teams in the European game, it's already notified in the United States that so many people like to support Bayern Munich. The jerseys that you see walking about the streets, most notably are Bayern Munich jerseys. Now, if you're watching Bundesliga games, you see and recognize the Bayern fans all around the United States. I'm actually blown away with how many Bayern jerseys I see. Um, the stories right now about the league have been fantastic to watch. Um, Obviously, Borussia Dortmund last year lost their manager, Jurgen Klopp, but they had a disastrous season last year and replaced him with a man called Thomas Tuchel, who was handpicked by Jurgen Klopp to go to the club. And he's now put them back into a title race with Bayern Munich, who seem to be running away with the Bundesliga. They've got 40 points already from 15 games. They've lost only one game, which is just incredible. They've been absolutely fantastic. They've blown every single team away except for Borussia Mönchengladbach this weekend and Borussia Mönchengladbach were a team that were at the bottom of the table after round five they were in the bottom two and they went on sacked their manager brought a new guy in 
and they've now gone on a run of winning eight of nine games and put themselves into the top three and only just this past weekend beat Bayern Munich on their home turf in an incredible match that was entertaining to the very best. It was it was right up there with one of the best Bundesliga matches I've ever seen and, and they managed to beat Bayern Munich 3-1. So there's sort of like a fairy tale dream with a lot of teams in, in the Bundesliga that believe they can beat the Meister, the champion, which is FC Hollywood. That's Bayern Munich. They are the team that has all the money. They are the team that spends the money. They're the team that really has a wonderful stadium and beautiful jerseys. And they're the team that everybody has to try and catch in, in German football. And it's been that way for the last two years in particular. Borussia Dortmund, since their new coach has come in, has, has done an unbelievable job. They've scored more goals than anyone in European football so far. They've played a lot more games because of Champions League qualifiers, but they have one of the hottest players in the European game right now who has 17 goals, which leads the way all across Europe right now with uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He's uh, a player who essentially grew up in France and uh, made the transfer from Saint-Étienne to Borussia Dortmund. And it's a name that everyone should get familiar with because this guy is going to be an absolute star if he not already is. And uh, electrifying pace, Great goal scoring and fun to watch. Um, about two months ago, we seen a, a record-breaking goal scoring game uh, with Bayern Munich were involved against Wolfsburg, where Robert Lewandowski, a Polish player, came off the bench and, and scored an incredible five goals in, in nine minutes, which broke four Guinness World Records and uh, really blew everybody away that was watching the game. And, and everybody took notice of the, the Bundesliga after watching that performance. And you're looking at a league that is surrounded with world champions. Germany only just won the World Cup, and the majority of that German national team still play in the Bundesliga. And that's why it's one of the most exciting leagues in the world, because they give their own players an opportunity to play domestically, they pay them well, and they make sure that the product on the field is as exciting as possibly can be. As I previously mentioned, you're averaging at least three goals every single game. So when you turn on to watch the Bundesliga, it is almost guaranteed that you will get more than one or two goals per game. And, and that's the one thing that really I think is going to grab the attention of all the American viewers. They want to see excitement. They want to see goals. You look at NFL, you see points on the board every single game. You watch baseball, majority of games you'll always get points. You watch hockey, points. Everybody wants to see action, entertainment, goals. And the Bundesliga... Every game, you get it. And I think that's the product that really sells itself. If you watch it one or two times, you're hooked on it, and you'll never go back. And like I said, at Fox, we are trying to build a product that gives people an option to be able to switch over from watching other leagues in, in the top five leagues in Europe. We want to give them that option that when they switch over, they love the product. And I think with the packages that we do that try to educate people, so that they can choose their own Bundesliga team. Not necessarily everyone who watches the Bundesliga now is a Bayern fan. People are wanting to choose their own team. So we do great packages of trying to give the history, give the background of all these clubs in the Bundesliga so that people who are tuning in can actually watch and choose their own team. And we will try to build this into a big beast in the United States. And I think in three or four years' time, you'll see it right up there. Well, when we talk about the American viewers and, and you talk about 
bringing the Bundesliga to soccer fans in America and a new generation of soccer fans in America that you want to see turned on uh, to, to the German Bundesliga. There's two players right now who are both North American. Well, one's a, a German American and the other is a Mexican. And both of them are red hot. They, they seem to not be able to stop scoring of late. I speak, of course, of Fabian Johnson at Gladbach and Chicharito Hernandez at Bayer Leverkusen. Talk about the importance of those two players in terms of this coverage of the Bundesliga here in the U.S. with all of the fans of the U.S. men's national team potentially watching these games and, of course, the fans of Mexico tuning in to see Chicharito. Yeah, I think so. You know, Fabian Johnson obviously had his issues with Jurgen Klinsmann most recently and um, had his little fallout after the Mexican game. We understand the process there. He claimed he was injured and then went back to Borussia Mönchengladbach and everybody was unhappy at Fabian Johnson. And all of a sudden he turned around and he started to produce these performances. And the last three games he's been involved in five goals in all competitions, which is just wonderful to see for a player who essentially has been playing in a defensive position for the United States national team. In the German league, he's playing further advanced, he's creating opportunities, he's scoring goals, and he's become a better player than I've ever seen him before. And He's grown, obviously, up in Germany, and he's, uh, he, he's got this German background, which makes him a wonderful player to watch, and he's got the experience now, which we all love. And he's a player that United States fans can, can switch over and, and watch play week in and week out on Fox Sports. And we know that we follow him very closely. Obviously, Eric Ronaldo is a, a big fan of his and tries to make a point that he should be playing further forward for the United States national team. <laughs> and I think that's great to see because we want to see disputes in this league as well. We want to see, OK, the American players are doing well in the Bundesliga. So there's a reason for people to tune in in the United States and watch their players get an opportunity in one of the top five leagues in the world. And Fabian Johnson has shown all of us exactly that as well. So it is wonderful to see. Uh, We've seen John Anthony Brooks, another American who's a very young player, grew up in Berlin, another one of Jürgen Klinsmann's players who got the opportunity to play for the U.S. national team. He scored his first Bundesliga goal for Hertha Berlin this weekend against Leverkusen, which obviously seen... Chicharito Hernandez get his uh, 13th goal in all competitions this year. He scored seven Bundesliga goals in such a short space of time since his transfer over. And uh, he's been wonderful to watch. The, the Hispanic population, I think, is really tuned in to try and watch his progress. And he's actually taken very well, too, by a labor coaster. It was a shame to see what happened at Manchester United with him. Um, nice to see him playing a little bit of time in, in Real Madrid, but I think he's actually perfectly suited in, in Germany, and he seems to be really enjoying himself. So we're blessed to have him playing in the Bundesliga because it gives us another market to go for. You know, Hispanic population, Latin American population, South Americans who are all in love and, and really religiously follow soccer, they want to see their players doing well. And there's a lot of them in the Bundesliga. Chicharito is certainly one of them. Ian Joy, it has been a pleasure and a privilege having you on the show again. You're welcome back anytime. And keep up the good work, man. It's been awesome seeing you go from, from analyst to, to host and presenter. Like it was just the most seamless transition. And, and you still have such a, a deep passion that, that is growing by the day. You're, you're getting better by the day at what you're doing. And, uh, you know, all, all, the, all the hat tips to Caleb Porter in the show today. Tip of the cap to you. And, and again, continued success. It really, really is awesome seeing what's going on with, with your career after the playing field. And, and I hope the success continues, man. 
Thank you very much, Nate, and thanks to you guys as well, as always, for the support and, and continuously trying to build this beautiful game in this country. So thanks again. All right, cheers, Ian. We'll talk soon. Again, that was Ian Joy. We're back after this, taking the express train home right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Stay tuned. So a quick shout out to Golden State Warriors center Festus Azili. Really enjoyed this last night. The Golden State Warriors, who are without a doubt the greatest basketball team to ever take a court ever. I'm just going to throw that out there. Festus Azili was asked after the game how his defense comes so naturally in the paint playing, playing basketball for the Warriors. He said, it's simple. I was a soccer goalie my whole childhood. There you go. Hey, big show tomorrow. Rachel Bonetta is going to be with us. Be sure to tune in for that one. My name is Nate Abarea. Bye for now. We'll talk with Rachel tomorrow.